0: I really need to get started real fast, I hate to tell you what I've been tasked to do and that is I have to cover Jesus from eternity past to eternity future. So I just have to cover eternity and we've got a picnic waiting for us. We've had a great week in VBS here at Harbor Shores and today we've shared just a bit with the music. Uh, I wish you could have seen all of the decorations. Hopefully you've seen some online. And, uh, just a, a great, great time we had. I, we were walking, uh, along through the couple of weeks beforehand and the, uh, registrations were coming in. And we were, you know, 12, 14 kids in a class, 16 kids in a class, 18 kids in a class, 22 kids in a class. They just kept growing. And what an exciting time to see so many kids and parents coming in and uh, being here for the closing, hearing the closing, hearing the message of the gospel, as well as all of that was taught. Well, if you'll allow me, I'd like to share with you some of the themes that were shared in the lesson of this week in VBS, but I want to do it for each and every one of us as we understand it. From the beginning of time, man is asked the question, Why? Why did God give us the book that we call the Bible? What was his purpose? Do churches today who often disagree and understand the message of the Bible, or are they trying to explain the Bible through their thinking, their understanding, their minds? I don't want to say that we here are the only ones who understand the Bible, or that God has spoken to us alone. I don't think that's true. All kinds of Bible-teaching churches around Uh, especially in this area. But God has reached out to man through his word, the Bible, and with an easy-to-understand picture of his great love for every one of us. And I want to repeat that. The message of the Bible is an easy-to-understand picture of who God is and his relationship, his desire for relationship with us. Let me share with you what we've been teaching to the children in VBS and what we teach every Sunday here in Sunday school and in our preaching services through the uh, time as we study each and every week. God always was and is yesterday, today, and forever. Some of us know that verse. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 is where that speaks of God. But it's a picture that we understood this week as well. Not only God the Father, but God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In the passage that was read just a few minutes ago, John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man." That light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. What a message that is for us to understand. If you are regular here at Harbor Shores, you know that we've been looking at this. In fact, we started this very passage about a year, oh, a year and a couple of months ago as we started the book of John. And so it's interesting for us to go back and kind of summarize things because a lot of what is written and a lot of what was in the lessons this week comes from the book of John. In the beginning of this book in the New Testament, God tells us that Jesus, God's Son, His very essence, has existed from the very beginning of time. Eternity past was not just a place where God was, God the Father, God the Son, all God the Spirit, all existed together as one, and yet in three different uh, personages, if you will, for us to understand. John wrote this fourth account of Jesus' life to help people know that Jesus was not just a man, but that he was very God himself. In verse 1 it says, "...in the beginning was the Word." Later on in verse 14 of this John chapter 1 passage, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. John was speaking here of Jesus. He was pointing out for each and every person to see that God sent His only Son, God in human form, to become flesh for us. John chapter 20, I close the program or the the final night thursday night with this passage in john chapter 20 and we keep going back to it as we refer to the theme verses of john 20 now jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book but these are written so that you may believe that jesus is the christ the son of god and that by believing you may have life in his name This is written, this book, the message, the story of Jesus, eternity past to eternity future, was written so that we might believe. Not just believe in the book, but believe in the very person of Jesus, that we might have faith in our hearts and in our lives, in who He is and in what He's done for us. What an important idea that the Holy Spirit placed within the heart and mind of the Apostle John. For him to write these words. The important point of Jesus' life. Now listen to this. I often hear people say, well, the most important thing about Jesus was he lived a good life. Uh, The most important thing about him was he cared for the poor. The most important thing about him was that he was a wonderful, wonderful person. And he was able to live a life without sin. No, no, no. The most important thing about Jesus' life is that He is the Son of God, and that He came to take our punishment for our sins on the cross of Calvary. And after He died and was buried in that tomb, and we're going to be talking about that in the next couple of months in, the, in our study in the book of John, after He did that, He rose from the grave and He conquered sin and death. That's the truth. That's the whole message of God's Word as it's covered throughout. And we're going to talk about that more as we go on this morning. Genesis chapter 1.1 1, 1 also was talked about, and it goes back and talks about the same thing here that John 1 says. It says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. I love the fact that the writer of Genesis never tried to prove that statement. He just assumed the fact of it because he knew it was true. God the Holy Spirit placed within the writer of the book of Genesis, I think Moses, but placed within his heart the truth that God had existed forever. In the beginning, the beginning of what? The beginning of the earth? Yes. The beginning of what we know and what we see and what we read in Scripture? Yes. In the beginning of what we as human beings know as time. That was not time to God. God doesn't have a clock in heaven. Can I tell you that honestly? There's not one up there. He's not worried about moments or seconds or years. Uh, A thousand years is like one day or one day like a thousand years. They're all the same to him because he is not bound by time. Now, some of us say, I have trouble getting a hold of that. Well, I understand that because God is eternal and we are not. We had a beginning and our beginning came sometime after the beginning of what we call as human beings time When earth began when earth was created and man was formed and placed in the garden That was the beginning for us In the beginning God There's no question to the writers of the Bible that God existed and he existed in three forms Jesus not only existed in the beginning, we read that in John chapter 1. God was there, and in verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1, it says that the Spirit of God was over the waters of the creation of this earth. So all three persons of the Godhead were right there at the time of creation. We see Jesus in eternity past, we see the Spirit, and we see God the Father. Colossians chapter 1 also talks about Jesus being in creation when it says all things were made by him, Jesus, and without him was not anything made that was made. So sometimes people say, well, who created? Did God create? Yes. Did Jesus create? Yes. Did the Holy Spirit create? Yes. Because they are all God. And yet each one has a different purpose for each one of us. And we see that as we continue on. Not only was he from the beginning of time, he was also a promise keeper from the very beginning. Our God, especially we see in Jesus and his words, but he was a promise keeper for us. We saw two of those in one of our studies one, one of the nights, Genesis chapter 18, Exodus chapter 3. One of the greatest blessings in scriptures that God makes promises to man and he never has failed to fulfill them there are times that we have thought they should have happened sooner but they still are fulfilled the point here is not did it happen in our time the question is God promised and he brought it to be we learned this week about two of those the first one uh Genesis chapter 18 was in air Abraham and Sarah were visited by men an angel they thought the person of Jesus and what we call a theophany, God appearing before Jesus was actually born. And he appeared there and he promised them that one year from that time, they would have a child. Now you say, well, that's not too out of the ordinary. Well, it is a little bit out of the ordinary because Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90. I'm not 100. Let's just leave it at that. But there's no child that we are going to have in the next year because God has changed things and we don't do that. But God promised, God promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have a child. And they had one. God fulfilled that promise. And he became the father of the Jewish nation. Jesus is a promise keeper. God blessed this couple and gave them that son. God... That's just one example. But he also promised Moses one time. You remember Exodus chapter 3 when Moses was out running from the, uh, Jew, uh, the uh, um, Egyptian people after he had killed the, the guard at that time, that God came and appeared to him and spoke to him out of a burning bush. Again, Jesus at that time speaking to him. And that account is given in Exodus chapter 3 where he spoke to him and told him that he would go back And he said, through you, I will deliver the children of Israel from Egypt. And God did that through Moses, even in Moses' weakness, even in Moses as a sinful man, God fulfilled his promises. And he still does that for you and for me today. He still fulfills promises to each and every one of us. Let me talk to you about one more promise that God gave us. We, uh, Tuesday night, the midweek of our uh, Bible school, we went to a very, very familiar first, probably one of the most familiar verses in all of Scripture, John chapter 3, verse 16. We could probably quote it in many different versions, but let me just share with you that it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Sometimes people say, well, we are all God's children. And there's an aspect where that's true. We are His creation, and that's true. But Jesus is actually the Son of God. And it says He gave His only born Son, the only one here given on this earth, that whoever would believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the central point of what we said before, that God sent His Son to take our punishment. God sent His Son to be born of a virgin, to live His life 30-some years, and then to go to the cross so that we could have eternal life. You see, Jesus was there at the beginning of time. He was watching the mess that man made of things. He was involved in God the Father's creation work, and He saw the sin that man committed. And together, God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit knew That the plan of redemption would be carried out. All of us are the reason God's redemption plan through Jesus was completed on the cross. Sometimes people ask, why did Jesus have to go to the cross? Well, we have to answer for those things that we do wrong. I uh, raised three children. I have a lot of grandchildren and i have found over the years grab hold of something none of my kids or grandkids are perfect you would think they would have gotten that from me <laughs> but then i realized as i talked to my parents i'm not perfect either none of us are but to get to heaven we have to be have that sin that Evil that's within us taken care of. And that was done through the work of what Jesus Christ did for us. We don't have to answer for that. We don't have to pay for that with our lives. Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid for that for us. The last part of that verse, listen to it. Listen to it, if you will. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish... But have everlasting life. We sometimes have trouble understanding the concept of everlasting. I remember talking to my son Josh, and he would come to me and say, Dad, don't talk to me about, don't mention eternal. Don't talk to me about everlasting. He said, I can't get my hands around that. I said, Josh, you never will. Because we are finite, and God is infinite. And he's got something for us that is far beyond anything that we could ever do. We can't earn it because we don't have any goodness that would take care of our sin and provide us infinite, everlasting life. That's why Jesus came to this earth. That's why Jesus went to the cross for us. That's why he took our sins upon himself so that we could have eternal life. We need to understand one more thing in reference to this concept that we've been looking at. And that is that Jesus is now and will always exist. We talked about him existing in the past. We talked about the fact that he is here, has lived, but he's living right now as well. Jesus told the disciples in John chapter 14, a message We shared just a few weeks ago when he said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus speaking here in my father's house are many rooms, dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Everlasting life. He has provided that for us. He has. But with all that he has done, we've got to respond to his love and care for us. It's not just a matter of God giving it out there. It's a matter of us understanding it and then responding to what he has shared with us. I heard an illustration one time. I heard a story and uh, I saw a little bit of it uh, repeated a few years ago when uh one of the Walendas uh, walked across on a tightrope above um, Niagara Falls. Anybody see that on television? You don't watch that? Okay, a few people did. I was taken aback by that. I watched it and I watched it go back. But the story goes like this. Not about a Walenda, but another man who walked across a tightrope uh, over Niagara Falls. He was there. He Asked the people who were watching, do you believe that I can do this? And the people were cheering and saying yes. And he went out and walked across the tightrope all the way across the falls and back. And he got back and everybody was cheering. This is fabulous. And he said, that's wonderful. And he got their attention. He said, so you've seen me walk across that tightrope. Do you think that I can walk across that rope and back pushing a wheelbarrow? And some people were, no, 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 and other people, yes, yes, and they began to cheer, and everybody pretty soon was cheering and saying, yes, they thought it was true, and so he got out there with a wheelbarrow, and he walked all the way across and back with that wheelbarrow. All oh, the people were going crazy, absolutely insane as they screamed and yelled, and finally he got their attention again, and he says, you've seen me walk across, you've seen me go across with the wheelbarrow, He said, how many of you believe that I could walk across with a person in the wheelbarrow? And they paused for a minute and then they all began to cheer and say, yes, yes, we believe it, we believe it. And then he said, who will be that person? You see, it's one thing to say we believe. It's another thing to act upon that. Some of us say we believe in Jesus, we believe in what he's done, and yet I have to be a good person to earn my way to heaven. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't jive with what scripture says. Scripture says it's what he has done and what he has done alone that provides for us salvation. We cannot be good enough. We can try to do everything just exactly right, but we're going to fail in some way. We can have great fellowship, we can study the Word, we can memorize Scripture. We can be kind to our neighbor. We can be kind to that person who's unkind to us. But it doesn't matter if we don't ask Jesus Christ to come into our life and to be our Savior. If we don't respond to that working of the Holy Spirit in our hearts to draw us to Him. That's why Jesus said, I am the way. Not my lifestyle. Jesus didn't say you have to live like I lived. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, woman, or child comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said. We need to understand that He is the one and only way. Jesus told the disciples and also us that He was going to heaven to prepare dwelling places for those who would believe in him. Just as Jesus had promised and fulfilled those promises in the past that He made, we can trust that when He said this, He is doing that even today. He is in heaven preparing places for us. Oh, I'm not saying He has to there work with a hammer and a saw or anything like that, but He's preparing places for us. He's we can look forward to the reality that we are going to dwell in His presence throughout the rest of eternity. Jesus promised that he would deliver the Jewish people from Egypt, and he did it. Jesus promised to Abraham and Sarah that they would have a child in their old age, and he did that. We can trust that he's preparing dwelling places now for those of us who accept what Jesus Christ has done for us. And become his children. He told us that he would also carry our prayers and intercede for us with the Father. We don't need to pray through any other being. Paul wrote to Timothy in a letter to the church where Timothy was in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. There is one mediator between God and man. And that's the man, Christ Jesus. We don't have to ask somebody else to talk to Jesus, to talk to God. We don't have to try to come up with something else to make Jesus happy so that he will talk to God for us. We just talk to the Father And Jesus takes those prayers and brings them into the presence of our God. John chapter 16, a passage that we're going to come to in the next couple of weeks, and I'm not going to be preaching it, but I'm going to, once again, step on the message of somebody else. Verse 23 of John chapter 16, In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father... In my name, he will give it to you. Jesus talking to the disciples. Jesus talking to those who believed. Jesus talking to those who now were abiding and in fellowship with him. And whose minds and hearts were in union with the Spirit and with God the Father. And Jesus said, if you pray in that way, I will take that prayer and intercede for you to the Father. And you will see that prayer answered. God is not showing us that we can just get anything as we pray, but he's laying out in this whole passage that God has done so much for us, and he will continue to do that as we look down the road in every time and in every facet of what we have in front of us. Well, one more part of this looking forward. In the latter part of the book of Revelation, chapter 21 and 22, and I'm not going to try to go through all of those verses in those passages part of god's plan for each of us who know jesus as savior is to dwell with him in this new heaven genesis chapter one showed god in a sense living with adam and eve it says that he walked in the cool of the day with them he would spend time with him they would fellowship together that was the plan until Adam and Eve sinned. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying God was caught off guard. God knew that man was going to sin. God knew that was going to come. He didn't plan that, but he knew it was going to happen. And so he made the plan beyond that. God walked with man. When man sinned, that fellowship was broken. But God continued to reach out to man in different ways throughout history as we can see it. God appeared to the Jewish people in the midst of the tabernacle, the Shekinah glory there that led them out of Egypt, the Shekinah glory that dwelt in the midst of the tabernacle. And they could see that every morning as they woke and every night as they went to sleep, they could see that glory of God and they knew that he was in the midst of them. And yet they still rebelled against God. Once they moved into the promised land and the temple was built and again the glory of God came and appeared in that most holy place and there it was again above the ark of the covenant and they knew that it was there and God was in the midst of them and yet they continued to disobey and turn away from their God when Jesus came to earth he was God with us Emmanuel God with us and every person that saw him was walking and hearing and, and being taught by the very person of God. God the Son in this place. Many people on earth were ever, never able to see him, but God, Jesus, sent out the disciples to tell others, and so many others to tell the rest of the world about those who needed to hear about Jesus and what he had done. Today... When we ask Jesus Christ to be our Savior, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in each person who accepts him. If you know Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is living within you. But in the future, God's plan is to rule on this earth with each one of us in his kingdom and then in the new heaven and new earth. That's what Revelation chapter 21 and 22 talks about talks about us dwelling with him, talks about our abilities that we will be using in that, in that kingdom and then later throughout the new heaven and the new earth. Jesus has been with God from the beginning of time, as time began for mankind, and he's reached out to mankind throughout history, as we have seen in the scriptures. His goal was to draw all men to himself. But many, and perhaps most today, have rejected his provision for salvation. Today, we've heard again God's plan and his love for each one of us. It's our prayer here at Harbor Shores. It's our prayer as we teach in VBS, as we teach in Sunday school, in children's church. As we open the word of God, each one of us as preachers, each and every week from the pulpit here, our goal is that we explain the truth of God's Word and that God's Spirit draws people unto Him so that each and every one of us would understand the promises of God so that we can look forward to the future of being with our God forever. You say, well, not every person's going to be with Him? No. No, Jesus Christ came to this earth and died on the cross and he says if we believe remember that verse god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him you see if we say well yeah yeah yeah, jesus was a great man and i'm doing the best i can and i want to be a good person we're not believing in jesus we're believing in ourselves we're taking that upon ourselves If we understand and come to trust in Jesus as our Savior, then we can be assured of being with Him in the future, in eternity. Some people say, well, does that mean I can live however I want to? Well, no. We won't live however we want to if God has changed our life. You see, part of understanding our God is living in obedience to Him. A few weeks ago, as we were looking on a Sunday morning in John chapter 15, we were reminded of that abiding with him. Abiding with him. Living in fellowship with him so that our life is in agreement with what his word says. Today, you've heard God's plan and his love for each of us. It's our prayer that each person who came to Vacation Bible School Each person who comes to the services here understands their need for a savior and places their trust in Jesus Christ. That's our desire. If you're here today and you've done that, praise God. We want to rejoice with you. Many of you we know and we already do rejoice. But maybe you're here and you've done that and you're not a part of this church fellowship and you're looking for a place. We'd love to have fellowship with you. We would love to talk with you about that. If you're here today and you say, well, this is uh, some new things that I've not really grasped before. And you'd like to know more about that. Listen, all of us would love to sit down and talk with you. I would encourage you to come to the picnic. Even if you don't get a chance to eat the food, which will be fabulous. Sit down with someone and talk to them about spiritual food. Talk to them about knowing Jesus as your savior. Talk to them about the truth of God's word, of Jesus from eternity past to eternity future. Listen, that's the purpose of Vacation Bible School. That's the purpose of Harbor Shores Church, to tell people about Jesus, to tell people about them so that they come to know him as Savior and so that we grow up in him and become mature believers. I mentioned earlier that I am the father of three children. When each of them was born, I never had the desire, never had the desire that they would have my name, live in my house, and be babies all the rest of their life. I was praying that they would grow and mature. Of course, please their father, but then also their father, God. And go out into this world serving him. That's what we want for each and every person who comes to know Christ as Savior. Maturity, growth, as we teach God's word, as we understand God's word. I hope that we can help you in that way. Whether you're already a member here, I hope that you are being fed and that you're growing through the ministry of Harbor Shores Church. And if you're just new here to the church, I hope that we can have a part in ministering in your heart and in your life and your family and encourage you as well. Thank you so much for being here this morning. And let me remind you, and I know it will probably be said again, but the picnic afterwards is a great time to meet people, to fellowship together. And if you've got questions, to get them answered. I hope that you'll stick around with us. The rain has stopped. I hope still. The sun has come out. It's a perfect 78 degrees. Somewhere. But here it's hot and muggy, but what a great time and a great place to fellowship together and to talk a little bit more about you and us and about our Savior Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, what a joy it is that we can come to you. What a joy that we can look at your word and understand what you have for us. What a joy, Lord, to realize that you have given us this book that explains exactly, exactly, not only our purpose as human beings, but your purpose in creating us. Lord, to come back into fellowship with you that we can understand who you are And, Father, that we can come to know you as personal Savior. Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts today. If there are those that are here that have never trusted you, Lord, please don't let them leave without talking to someone about drawing uh, into a conversation, Lord, that would help them to understand more about their need. I pray that you would bless our time, bless our afternoon together, bless the... Food to us, but Lord, also bless each and every moment and every conversation that's there that your name might be glorified. And Father, I pray that you would take the efforts of this last week in Vacation Bible School and use those in hearts and lives in the days to come as well. And we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen.